Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode, we are going to talk about cultural differences, how they play out in our marriage and how we work through them. So before we jump right into the topic, I'll just walk through the definition of what culture is. Merriam-Webster says culture has many different definitions, but I'm going to go with the first one. And it says, it's got four parts though. The customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Also, the characteristic features of everyday existence shared by people in a place or time. So they, the example they give of that is popular culture, Southern culture. So how people exist um, in different places, different settings. Part B to that of cultures of their definition says the set or shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. We know that if you say the corporate culture focuses on the bottom line, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, part C says the set of values, conventions, or social practices associated with a, pop, a particular field, activity, or societal characteristics. They say changing the culture of materialism will take place in time or studying the effect of computers on the print culture. So like a, a specific area or practice like the dance culture or something like that. And then the last one says the integrated pattern of human knowledge, belief and behavior that depend upon the capacity for learning and transmi- transmitting knowledge to succeeding generations so like your family culture or the culture within a certain discipline mm-hmm. per se that you can pass up pass down so i think today though we'll probably focus more on part a and b which is like customary beliefs social forms and material traits on racial religious or social group and then maybe even part b which is or sorry, part C, the set of values or social practices within society. So that's a background of what we say when we say culture. So just in essence, how you grow up with a family. For me, I would say like your up, even your upbringing is a culture. It's like when I grew up or when you're younger, you, th- you think that your culture is the only culture until you're exposed to another culture. Like, not everybody looks like that. Not everybody does that. Your parents tell you to stop pointing at people. That's different. (laughs) Uh, So I know that was a little, a little lot to start with, but I just wanted to frame what we mean when we mean culture in our conversation. So with that being said, Brian, Mm -hmm. this is a marriage podcast. (laughs) So what are, what is one cultural similarity? Mm -hmm that brings you and your, that brought you and wife together and allowed you guys to flourish within your marriage? Yeah, man. Similarity would be how close we are to our families. Our families are both tight knit, I would say. I know as far as when I grew up, especially when my grandmother was alive, right? Like Mm -hmm. we would all convene 
on grandma's house for every holiday, every special event. I knew all of my uncles very well, spent time with them outside of that space. I would spend a lot of time at their houses for different things just because I wanted to be around them. Now, for me, that may have been more or less because I didn't have a father figure always in my life. So I probably sought out that type of connection with my uncles. But with that being said, I also had seven uncles. I had a lot of different places to look for that connection. And then I think for my wife, when I met her, she was still living with her mother at the time. That kind of just naturally brings a family together as far as being under the same roof and whatnot. And I think I was able to just notice how close they were. Now, there were some times where they might bump heads and things like that, but that's going to happen mm-hmm. in the family no matter what. But then as our relationship progressed, I also noticed how her and her mother's relationship seemed to get closer and stronger. Right. So it, it's been really cool to uh, see that develop over time. And I think even to this day, their relationship is getting stronger and stronger, which is just amazing in my eyes. I've lost some people in my life, but I think I was always very close to my mom. Um, Before she passed, I would take the time to take her back and forth to dialysis and whatnot on the days that she needed me to, which meant I would go into to work later than I uh, typically did before that began. I, you know, also try to call my brother as often as I can to speak with him and keep up with his family and try to not lose that connection because that's easy to do once you get caught up in your day-to-day life and people grow apart just naturally because you've got your things that you need to take care of. So just being mindful of keeping that connection with people is important to me. So that was one thing I noticed when we you know, began our relationship is how close we try to stay with our family. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. For me, I'd say it was one thing that brought us together was our, our faith community. That's in essence how we met for you guys. I don't know if I told this story on the podcast, but yeah, we met. She was a worship leader at a church where my best friend locally, where I am, plays drums. And I was invited to go play bass with them. And that's how we met. But that that foundation, that community of people that we we were around, and then we found out that we knew, even though we didn't know each other until we met, but we ran with a lot of the same people at different times. That was definitely something that always allowed us to flourish. And when you do something that you love that's artistic like that, just doing that together is a bond in itself. And then just having God as our rock and our focus always plays a part in how we view things and being able to just step into any situation, whether good, bad, or annoying or indifferent or whatever. But just know that we have a piece about it being okay. So I think that is one thing that has about our our cultural background that really gave us a boost in our marriage. But on the other side, Brian, what is one cultural difference? And just to catch up or go back to it, customary beliefs, social forms, material traits of racial, religious, social group, or just shared attitudes, values, goals, practices that you brought into your marriage? What are some of those differences that, or what's one difference that may have been a point that you guys had to work on or actively grow together in an area? Yeah. So I think that just sticking with faith, the difference in how we grew up, she grew up Catholic and originally I grew up as a Baptist 
and then made a shift into a non-denominational church. And I think that, I guess, figuring out those cultural differences, especially when you start to have children, was a little bit of a... I don't want to say a hurdle for us to get over something that we definitely had to, you know, speak about. So that's, and I, I actually am still learning some of the differences between the practices in our faith. There's a podcast that I listen to as often as I can. I think it's uh, called the Bible in a Year podcast. Yeah. And that is a Catholic priest reading through the Bible and just seeing how, you know, a Catholic priest interprets the Bible and some of the connections that they make is, has been a little eye-opening for me. But I think that would be the, uh, probably the only, not the only, but the first major difference culturally that I would come to recognize between me and my wife. How about for you? Gotcha. I would say for me, it would be how we grew up. And this is more from a thought process and I'll walk it out so it makes sense. As So my family grew up in both of my parents, I'll say, they stayed together for, they've, they're still together. So it's been over 30 years and her fam, her parents actually divorced, got remarried and then divorced again. Having that outlook as far as situations with life and really knowing when different situations arise, that there's just a different perspective out there took me some getting used to. Because like I said in the beginning, your upbringing, you think your culture is the only culture. So I'm bringing this culture of what marriage and family is like to our marriage. But as we look at just different situations that either people have gone through that we have discussions about or maybe something on TV, but it's just, just looking through the eyes of, seeing that her having like the close-up life that divorce happens and me to me i see divorce as a concept and it not really mm-hmm. affecting my entire life is definitely allowed me to see things differently and the gravity of things when we talk about things that you know i may need to change within our marriage or like that things that she doesn't like or just her seeing herself with me forever not that seeing myself herself with me forever has ever changed she's only seen herself with me but knowing that she's very adamant about saying the things that we need to change as a couple and really sticking to that because she's seen it fall apart in in front of her eyes so there's a an intensity that she brings to that that i may not have had plus and coupling with that is my parents never argued in front of us ever but obviously if you see a family go through divorce, you'll generally see arguments or at least some form of that take place right in front of your eyes as a kid. So that's something that even we had to talk through, like how we wanted to raise our kids, speaking on that point. We're not arguing with being able to disagree, but for our kids to see that we disagree and how to flesh that out. Because I didn't see, I didn't have an example of what that looked like within marriage right. and she had a, a bad example. So we wanted to say, Hey, they need to know that no one's perfect. They need to know that there's mistakes. They need to know that we disagree, but also we need to show them how to communicate through that dis- disagreement. So those are kind of coupled in, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you about that too, because I, I think that is very beneficial for a child to see, even if you do argue in front of them now we're not talking about yelling at the top of your lungs and like fighting i would call that but 
having a disagreement, as you said, being able to, to uh, you know, talk your way through it and allowing your children to, like you said, view that style of communication where you can bring a conversation back from an argument to, okay, this is how we're going to proceed. Here's our solution. And see that even though you can get in an argument with someone that you can still do it with love and still progress your relationship. I don't think that I necessarily had a good example of that. My, I'll say stepfather out in California, I think I told you when I was really young, which is crazy how I could remember this, but I saw them get into some physical altercations. So that was like yelling at the top of your lungs, throwing things, putting their hands on each other and things like that. You know, that's not something you want a child to see. So now inherently that has become a part of my culture as far as something I've witnessed, but I execute on, I never want that to happen because that was so traumatic for me to see. And you're talking about three, four years old, I'm watching this happen and feeling, I would imagine powerless that there's, there's nothing I can do. And I'm just you know looking at my mom like, Ah, so, you know, I, when I think of things like that, I have to be very mindful that I never want anything like that to happen. I would never want my children to witness that. I would never want my children to think that's okay on any level to, especially if, if you're thinking about your daughter, which now I have two, that should never be okay in any relationship that they should be a part of going forward. So I think now that I'm thinking about it, those are probably some conversations I'm going to have with them when they get older. But that's that's, that's huge for me, man. I guess walking the the path of a life where, you know, your children can see that you can have an argument and you can come back from it and still love the person. You know, it, right. It's just a part of life. People are going to have disagreements. People are going to have different yeah, thoughts. For sure. And that's okay. Yeah. That's I really think good. another thing you said, how you guys grew up. That was different for us too. She grew up in a family where her parents were married and I grew up in a single parent household. I think another thing in our marriage also is she lost her her father very young. I want to say she was between the ages of 16 and 18. Time frame's a little off for me, but it was more of a sudden thing. He had an aneurysm. So she culture-wise is very mindful of any time we part ways, making sure that we say, I love you, making sure that we hug the kids all the time, and really just trying to talk as often as we possibly can, because that sticks in her head so much. And Mm -hmm. so it's very understandable that she would want to do that. But that's very different, a different style than I grew up with. Right. Now, it's not to say that my mom coming up didn't want to hug me and do all those things, but it was never like a sticking point in our life that, hey, you have to say I love you before you walk out the door and all those things. It was like, hey, I'm going to be here. I'll be here for this amount of time. I'll see you when I get back. But I think uh, we also kind of grew up a little bit differently as far as that's concerned too. Like I'm, and that's just to say that I'm almost eight years older than my wife. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of a, a different style of growing up, a streetlights and all. There was no, I don't know how to put it, but there was there was as much freedom as I had to go out and be in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that ended when the streetlights were on. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And there was no, you know, talking back or anything like that. It was like, this is, this is what it is. And 
be afraid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Be very afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had written down on my, my notes age as well, because we're almost seven. It's literally six and 10 months apart in our age and she's older than I am. So that's also a different perspective and it's hard to break up age and geographic location, how we grew up. Cause so geographically <clears throat> we we're different, we're different in how we grew up. So she grew up in a couple of different places in the city, Columbus, Ohio, metropolitan area, but also outside of Huntington, her small town where she grew up is small, like one light, the, basically the town, the county and the city all have the same name, but the county is huge, but so just right. strong stretches, no cell service type thing mm. um, in certain places if you go too far out the mountain. But I think age also plays a part. She had more freedom to leave, like you're talking, even just think seven more years ahead of that and being in the country like this. Right. You just do whatever, go out there, go play. You come home when you're hungry, actually get <laughs> kicked out of the house. Don't come back yeah. to dinner, take your lunch type of thing. We, we had a little bit of that, but I've grown up in, I grew up in four different places. I didn't live anywhere longer than four years. So I've had a multitude of different experiences, but still having that freedom of being an early 80s baby. Like, right. all right, you guys, and having siblings. So it was like, all right, y'all are out there. Make sure you take care of yourself. And when my dad would yell, it's time to come home, it's time to come home. But that kind of just shifted, like you said, just different perspectives. We still kind of have the, do what I say, don't talk back type of bond that we understand, but also just I think me growing up and seeing different things when I was younger had a more open perspective on basically everything. Not that she's closed-minded in any way, because I think her being older put her in a different place in the corporate world. So she has more just corporate acumen and seeing different things in that area. But just growing up in those spaces can be different. I think if, if one of us had more of a closed mind, it could definitely have been an issue. If one of us were more like, nah, this is just how it's going to be. And this is how we're going to raise our kids because this is how we grew up. Then that would have been like, wait, that, yeah. that can't happen. And I know sometimes that's brought in or sometimes it's just a hurdle as you are trying to figure those out when you come together as one unit. So I just want to put that out there that it can be a hurdle. But if you communicate through it, which communication is our go to for how successful marriages happen, you can basically go through anything. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. I think that's a big point that you have to be open-minded that someone else's way might be the better way, right? Mm -hmm. When you talk about raising children and you know, really all the different things that marriage will bring into your life, just keeping an open mind. And like you said, communicating through it. And sometimes you'll find out that, oh man, I, I was missing out. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> But it's crazy. It's crazy good. And I think there was one thing I wanted to bring up because you mentioned it briefly going through the definitions of culture. And I think I told you a while back, like in my marriage now being a business owner, I think of, I guess, how I can bring my self-improvement in business into my marriage because I, mm. in a lot of ways that connects. And as I look at culture and business, a lot of people will tell you it's not so much about the words on the wall. It's about what you do. So right. if you ask your employees, you know, what happens here? Ask them what the culture is, what they tell you in that conversation is going to be what your actual culture is. And it's not 
always going to reflect the words on the wall. Right. So I think that I'm mindful of that in raising my children. If you go and now ask my children what the culture is of your family, what things do you like to do? What are you learning? What do you want to be when you grow up would be a good one. Mm -hmm. I think those are the things that reflect probably most easily what the culture is of your family. How do you feel about right. that? One, kids don't hold back. So that'd be, that's the, the basic source of truth that you can have. But yeah, I agree. I think it, it's a little harder as you as they're younger that like how to that definition of culture or like certain questions but you can still get a baseline mm -hmm. you still get the idea because your kids and you know how they communicate but it's probably a little deeper as they progress through life as you allow them to have an open space of communication as being kids and they're like okay, it's not but they don't know you have a kind of end goal in mind when you're asking them you're just asking those questions and you can feel it but yeah i was thinking like need to ask my wife, what is our culture of our marriage to get the idea? And I think this is what it is, but she might be able to tell, tell me different. We all have blind spots, but yeah, I think that'd be a good idea for sure. Yeah. I know my son was running around the other day. I, I think I may have even told you talking about, I'm going to be a daddy. <laughs> right? Right. He's like, I'm going to be yeah. a daddy someday. It was like real cute to see him doing that. But it then made me think like, right, so he's, there's something in me that he's seeing that he wants to emulate and mm -hmm. that's a good source of information for him it's confirming or validating that my role in his life is a good one yeah so that's what sent me down that path but just to pat myself on the back a little bit there yeah that's true i'll edit that out that's all right <laughs> um, another I would say another thing that can be a cultural difference is, I know we talked about re religious in, in your sense, but also racial classifications. First thing I want to say about that is races are a construct made up by people to put people in classifications. So they're not really real, but it's real as in the sense of societal and how it plays out within society. So that's a frustrating point for me that's even there because it's not really a thing per se. But anyway, our society, it has impact societal for us. So our differences, or I guess I would ask you, how does racial differences within your marriage play culturally? How does that play out for you guys? Yeah, I think to some extent, we, I think more or less, I am probably more mindful of some of the places we, we uh, travel to. What's the perception going to be in this place of a mixed relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Or a biracial relationship. I think about some of the struggles I had coming up as a kid, going to a school that was primarily all white, facing racism as, as a young kid and how that might play out for my children. I think that speaking on cultural differences as we are, making sure that my wife understands some of the thoughts that I have walking into different situations. And I think maybe even preparing her for some of the things that we might encounter. And I think also giving her a good example of what is an acceptable response, right? Because the way we respond in a lot of different scenarios could very well impact an outcome that would not be favorable to, right. to us. So that's a sensitive subject, but definitely worth talking about. I'll throw it back to you, man. What are your thoughts on the topic? 
Yeah, I think it's it definitely, I would say for all marriages that are interracial and even before you get married, those conversations, it's profitable for your marriage to have some sort of conversation about everything you just said, like the differences, what may be on one person's mind than the other, even as far as like family traditions and history and all that, just because that's part of you and that's what you're bringing to the marriage. And that's the culture that you bring to that space. But for us, I would say being a black guy and having a white wife as well, it's definitely a, it can be just, there can be tension, especially is when your wife is aware of how society views black people in general for a broad blanket statement. But for us, it actually, when I talk about, when I mentioned religious familiarity and how that's a strong point, like we, we were running in black church circles. So she would a lot of time be the only white person in that setting. Okay. And if you think about church, just think about black church. If you grew up in a black church, like the things that are talked about, the things that are said, just the, the overall community of a place and being someone that can sing also like she understands at a level of what that is like to be the only in different situations and have people have preconceived notions about who you are and they not always be positive but at the same time she understands that it's not like being black every day you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. when you walk anywhere like you're just black and then that has different different connotations like you said so that actually worked in our marriage favor having her have that kind of idea but also her being open to learn, open to understand what things happen. And her, you know, being a single parent for a while, like really digging in because she has a brown child. Mm -hmm. So like understanding, like I need to know what it's like for him and seek out resources to understand and have those conversations. But if she didn't, it could have been definitely a struggle when I came into the picture and the different things that I would want for him. I would want him to be safe and be aware and understand. But even so, it's communicating through those things. Like you said, just letting her, you let Katie know your thought process, how you're feeling. That's really the only way to make it through that space healthily yeah. and not having not having to go inward and feeling like you're, you're the only one that is going through this. So that's yeah. my, my take. Hope that helps someone. <laughs> right. Now, that's good, man. Now, we're running a little short on time now. Is there any final topic that you want to bring up as far as cultural differences are concerned? Do you want to wrap it up? And I'll wrap it up if, unless you have, do you have anything? No, I'm good, man. I think that was a good discussion. I think we might bring it back around one day, especially as we start to interview people. I'm sure that topic will come up again. I'm fine with leaving it there. I just want to say that communication is key. And that's our mantra. I think we decided that is the cornerstone of marriage. So as you, as we talk about differences in any aspect, just knowing that you can communicate through them and the more communication, the better your marriage will be. That we will sign off for today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please, if you go to our website, marriageistougher.com in the comment section at the bottom of the page, please leave a comment, leave a um, question just leave some feedback for us so we can know how it's going and of course on your um, podcast platform please like rate subscribe and yes so for that i'm paul and i'm brian so we will see you in the next episode of the podcast peace